What's up, y'all? Today is Sunday, February. I'm sorry, shit. <laughs> April the 1st, 2018. And you're listening to the Queen Quemo podcast. I know everybody done did that little Easter hunting eggs and shit and, and dyed eggs and took the kids out and they Sunday best shoes and then burnt their baby ears trying to press it out, make it look good for church. Shout out for all of y'all who did all of that paganism. I hope y'all enjoyed your day. Enjoyed your day with your families and all of that good stuff. Personally, I, um, I do not celebrate Easter. I do not celebrate holidays, but I kind of been, I've kind of uh, been doing so, you know, because I've been back home in Indiana for the last four months. Hadn't seen a lot of friends and family for years, so I kind of just was attaching myself to people you know, and uh, celebrating with them because, you know, holidays is a time where families and friends get together. So, but yes, now that I've got my visiting in out the way and got a chance to love and hug and embrace everybody, I will be doing my hardest and my best to not be partaking in any pagan holidays because of my own personal beliefs, which I'm entitled to. So, yes, I don't approve. And, and, and what's that word? I don't push <laughs> my beliefs on anyone, but I don't want to uh, have anyone push their beliefs on me as well. So shout out to everybody who celebrates Easter, you know, and shout out to everybody who don't who take a stance on um, not celebrating Easter for their own personal reasons, you know, and staying strong in the process. So, yes. Yes, y'all, it's been a very 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 busy week for me i just moved into my apartment over the weekend and i'm in love with it and i'll praise to the most high because of that you know it feels good to um you know get that moving shit out the way even though i still got a long ways to go you know but i don't have as much anxiety as i had uh previous to that but yeah so as of right now I've had an um, episode that I needed to post to y'all for my cousin, Charleston Hudson Joyner. And she wrote a book. They turned her book into a play. And, um, yeah, I, I felt like, you know, I was waiting on a perfect time to post this interview because it's a little bit more on the uh, spiritual side. So what I do, I said, what better day to post one of those interviews that's for the Holy Rollers, then on Easter Sunday, that's what I'll do. I'll post this right here on Easter Sunday. So that'll be coming up shortly. I got that coming up. I'm also, you know, just kind of talk to y'all, give you a little prep talk and just kind of talk about the truth about what Easter really is. And this is not to, like I said, to change anybody's mind about Easter or make you feel bad about celebrating Easter. But no, I just feel like when people do things, they should have accurate knowledge of what uh, the truth behind certain items are. And that's your own personal choice if you decide to keep celebrating Easter after that. So, yeah, you know me. I'm going to go ahead right into this episode, but I'm going to first play a song from a Midwest artist. You know, I got to give it up to the Midwest because that's what we do it best. So I'm going to include a song from a Midwest artist, and we're just gonna get this episode rolling right like that. What's his music without the concept? Man, you ever just sat back with your eyes closed and then suddenly opened them and realized, I've seen this before. Oh, have you been? The divine dime and the paperboard. in front of me okay. and I know things no words. are meant to be of course. now my mind sees yeah. what's in front of me okay. and I know things no words. are yeah. meant to be as 
I sit back and daydream Deja vu the same thing I saw a year ago Still I know I cannot change things Call it like I see it Catch the picture like the frame freeze Ice cream to the dome My mind cold, brain freeze Everything is for a reason You just gotta learn about it Life is a circle no matter which way you turn about it A lot of people in the dark like a power outage See you can roll with the punches but I highly doubt it in front of me and I know things are meant to be now my mind sees what's in front of me and I know things are meant to be Seeing what I saw, what I know, and what I've dreamed Making choices, living life, still ain't always what it seems Seeing visions of my future since before I was a teen Live with satisfaction, knowing nothing's unredeemed I paint pictures everyone can see, even blind Fall back, spring ahead, or you wasting time Take the time, time progression at the equal sign Subtract the board, divide the money, equals peace of mind See, I've escaped the reality of this dream state Seems fake, but long as I believe it it's gonna bring cake Thinking of a one way Just for me to see straight Give me a couple mil I'm cooler than a cheesecake I see the future like I'm Sylvia Brown Big gorilla about his business Why you monkey around Cause my mind's so savage I'm a beast when I clown Meaning twice the thinking power Bringing heat full of sound now my mind sees What's in front of me And I know things Are made But now I see my life is focused on my hocus pocus bothering me I'm tired of being broke, this ain't no joke, there's more to HP Than just a laughing, smiling joker that the most of you see Nobody knows All the pressure's trying to break Nobody knows All the obstacles I face, walls I had to break No matter what they do, they still can't block my Time won't wait for no man, keep on moving Focus on the task that you are doing Go, go, go Now my mind sees Well y'all, that was the paper boy That's right, I said the paper boy And you can get some more music from him on Spotify, Reverberation, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And all you got to do is search for The Paperboy. That's right. My boy, Reese. Shout outs to him. You know what? I really appreciate him so much because he be up on it when it comes to sending the music. And he stay listening to my podcast without me having to send him no notification reminder nothing. So people like that. It's quite a few people that's like that, but he like one of the top 10 because he always shout me out, show number love. So shout outs to my boy, Paper. I fucks with him. So, yes, I know I sound pretty mellow, y'all, because it's that time of the hour. I really am. Um, I'm already a kind of like low speaker unless I'm being animated about some shit. But, you know, this is that time of the night. Where I just kind of be tired and, you know, I start winding down after about eight o'clock and it's not that I'm even sleepy. I just start, uh, you know, just getting tired. Like I, I wind down so I can relax mode. And so my voice gets a little bit more raspy and it gets a little bit more low like this. And my energy is just kind of lower. So usually this type of episode that y'all listening to would be some good late night pillow talk type shit. But it's enough people out there giving y'all pillow talk. So I just get y'all the real. That's what I do. My shit is mixed up. And I know y'all listening to this music in the background. Like thinking that y'all listening to the Cosby show. <laughs> they like quite got some WGCI shit going on up in here. Yes, I do. 
because that's the type of mood that I wanted to give y'all in today. Real smooth, like on this here Sunday, April, April Fool's Day, slash Easter, which is pretty ironic. So I told y'all previously, I know I'm getting close to my 50th episode. I think this is to be like episode 48 or 49, whatever, you know. I am so busy and wrapped up that I can't even stay on schedule, but it's going to get better. It really is going to get better. Um, Now I'm getting more stable as far as my living condition goes. And, you know, I'll be able to just, you know, deliver. Well, I will try to deliver. I still ain't going to say that I'll be able to deliver. I'll try to deliver. With me, it's mix and match. But I still have to give y'all them other episodes that I promise y'all. And that was me um, talking about exercising your right, your freedom of speech, because I do still feel like that is very, very important. So I got a whole um, episode dedicated to that. But I have had this episode of uh, Charles Hudson Joiner that I've been needing to post for like a full maybe week, maybe two weeks. So I want to make sure that I put that out here today as well as promised on Easter Sunday. So, yes, make sure y'all listen to this interview into its entirety. So, about Easter, let's talk about the origin of Easter. Now, a lot of people be like, ah, don't nobody give a damn. Who cares about Easter? Don't nobody. We know where Easter, where Easter started. We, we don't need to. Well, look here. All I'm saying is a lot of people who celebrate Easter, they really don't know the origin behind Easter. A lot of people have no idea that it originated with paganism. A lot of people have no idea what paganism even is. So what I'm going to do is pull up dictionary definitions of both. And you know me. Excuse me. I am the clip queen, honey. The clip queen. So of course... I got to make sure that I put some clips in that's going to support the facts about Easter, okay? So, the first thing that I'm going to do, what is a pagan? Let's look up the definition of pagan. So, I'm going to freedictionary.com because, you know, I'm a Googler. And so, this is just information y'all can pull up right off of Google. And as always, you could go verify your facts with other sources. So, let's see what a pagan is. All right. Hold on, y'all. My computer is running slow. Little boop leg right now. Little boop leg. Hold on. Let's see. Come on now. Let's not play games. Y'all see me typing the word pagan. Okay. So pagan. Now the first definition says an adherent of a polytheistic religion in antiquity especially when viewed in contrast to the adherent of a monotheistic religion. Okay, that's a bunch of BS. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Okay, so the next one says, one who has no religion. So that's pretty much all that a pagan is. A pagan is a person who doesn't believe in the common religions like Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So those are pagans, non-believers. Now, Let's go back to the point where I said that Easter originated in pagan religion. And a lot of the beliefs and the customs with Easter are associated with pagan organs. Origins. I don't know if it's organs or organs. Okay, whatever. Y'all know what I mean. So basically, let's go to it. I'm pulling up another source about Easter. So I'm going to pull this one up from the ancientpagans.net. You could go on Google and you could pull up ancientorigins.net. You could get this information I'm reading from you from right from there. So it says basically in this article that was typed up in 2014 of April 20th, it says Easter Sunday is a festival and holiday celebrated by millions of people around the world who honor the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And they describe this in the New Testament as having occurred three days after his crucifixion at the Calvary. Okay. So basically the Christians, Christians, all Christians, 
and majority um, of the black and minority community, a lot of us are either Christian or Muslim. And so I think that it's important for us to understand what our beliefs are entitled as and what our customs, our religious customs and um, our, damn it, I can't even talk right because I'm half sleepy. What are um, everyday holidays that we celebrate, everyday things that we do that's associated with non-believing and worshiping. So let's see. So they say most historians, including biblical scholars, agree that Easter was originally a pagan festival. And according to New Ugler's Bible Dictionary, the word Easter is of Saxon origin. Estra, the goddess of spring. So when we say Easter, we're actually celebrating the goddess of spring. Okay. So in whose honorary sacrifices were offered about Passover time each year? By the 8th century, Anglo-Saxon had adopted the name and designated the celebration to Christ's resurrection. However, even among those who maintain that Easter has deep pagan roots, there is some disagreement over which pagan tradition the festival emerged from. So they know that it's paganism, but they don't even know exactly which festivity that this paganism origin from. So they, they debate all the time about uh, when it really came about. So they talk about the resurrection as a symbol of rebirth. So they said one theory that has been put forth is that the Easter story of the crucifixion and resurrection is symbolic of rebirth and renewal and retells the cycle of seasons, the death and the returns to the sun. According to some scholars, such as Dr. Tony Nugent, teacher of theology and religious studies at Seattle University, the Easter story comes from the Sumerian legend Demuza and his wife Anna a.k.a. Istar, an epic myth called the Descent of Ina, found in script in Cumanan clay tablets dating back to 210 B.C. Okay. So, yeah, they don't know if it originated from that man. I mean, <laughs> from that pagan origin or from the other pagan origin. Although I know is that it originates from pagan origin. And it had absolutely nothing at all to do with Jesus. And so a lot of people will try to say, well, we're supposed to do the stuff about Passover. And see, personally, I grew up Jehovah Witness. You know, I grew up studying with the witnesses on and off my whole entire life. And so I still to this day have nothing but respect for Jehovah Witnesses and their beliefs and their practices. So uh, for a, numer a number of years, you know, we never celebrated Easter. And so what we would do, we didn't um, we didn't actually do like the Passover, but we would do the Memorial of Christ. And so that's what I was used to doing around the same time every year instead of Easter. So I always look forward to doing that. So, yes. Jesus Christ and his apostles entered Jerusalem to observe Passover the Jewish holy season that celebrates the Hebrews' release from slavery. After the Passover supper, Jesus was arrested, and on what is now called Good Friday, he was crucified. Two days later, he rose from the dead. Those of Jewish origin were the first to celebrate the resurrection, likely as a new facet of the Passover festival. In fact, the Easter celebration was called Pascha. It's derived from the word Pesach, the Jewish translation for Passover. Originally, Easter was celebrated two days after Passover, so it fell on any day of the week. But Easter Wednesday just didn't feel right. In 325 AD, Roman Emperor Constantine and the Council of Nicaea ruled that Easter must fall only on a Sunday, the day when Christ rose. Easter Sunday would be the first Sunday to follow the full moon after the spring equinox. It could occur anywhere between March 22nd and April 25th. Around this same time, Christians began one of the first recorded rituals of the modern Easter celebration, the lighting of the Paschal candle, its flame a reminder of Christ's resurrection, light out of darkness. As Christianity spread throughout Europe, different pagan customs blended into the holidays, 
In fact, the actual word Easter may have come from Estra, the goddess of spring and fertility. Which brings us to the Easter egg. Eggs have been a mythological symbol of birth for thousands of years. Christians adopted the egg as an Easter custom sometime around the 13th century. The yolk inside a shell represented Christ's emergence from the tomb. Eggs were painted red to represent the blood Christ shed on the cross. The colorful Easter egg soon hatched its own traditions. A popular one was egg rolling. In 1876, Congress prohibited kids from playing on the Capitol grounds, so President Rutherford B. Hayes opened the White House lawn to the little rollers. After that, the White House Easter egg roll became a tradition. So when did that Easter bunny hop into the scene? The fertile rabbit had long been a symbol of new life in European pagan celebrations. Beginning around the 16th century, parents told children that if they behaved on the eve of Easter. The Osterhaus would come and lay colorful eggs. Children built nests in their homes to entice the rabbit to visit, and so began the customs of the Easter egg hunt and the Easter basket. To help fill out those baskets, 19th-century European chocolatiers began making egg-shaped chocolates. The sweet trend quickly spread throughout the world. Today, billions of dollars are spent each year on Easter candy. Easter. It's a joyful day when Christians celebrate the resurrection. For 2,000 years, customs have been added: some spiritual and some fun. But Easter is also the time for families to gather and welcome spring, when new life emerges after the dead of winter. Well, there y'all have it. They actually broke down the origin of Easter. In a much more um, uh, logistical slash um, neutral way, but yes, Easter y'all had nothing at all to do with Christ. It had everything to do with pagans, and it had everything to do with money. It definitely had everything to do with money because just think about it: how much money do you think?、Um, A lot of people spend towards celebrating Easter. Just think about it. How much money do you think is associated with the cost of all of these holidays being celebrated? So, you really want to think about what a money maker is. I'm not even gonna get started on Christmas and origin of Christmas. I'll, I'll wait until Christmas time to tell y'all little dark, dark little eerie secrets. About Christmas and the origin, and all of that good stuff. So yes, yeah, that clip you could actually pull that information up from the History Channel. That was a、uh, a clip from the History Channel. I love getting on the History Channel because a lot of us watch the History Channel, and they have all of the、um, theologists and all of these people who did their studies, and they always include videos and clips. So I get on the History website a lot and look up my information. I definitely am a book reader. You feel me? I haven't been reading as many books as I would like to because I've been too damn busy. But one of my homies put me on to Audible. So when you get the time, if you're one of the people that's on the go a lot like me, and you listen to a lot of podcasts, go ahead and start listening to some Audible books. You feel me? Just download some books on Audible because knowledge is power. And y'all remember that show, Reading Rainbow? Reading Rainbow used to be my shit, cause they used to be like, take a look, it's in a book on Reading Rainbow. And when I tell y'all, if you take a look and you see what the hell is in the book, it'd be a lot of shit going on that they don't ever tell us. But it'd be right in the book, be right there. So yes, shoutouts to everybody who enjoyed their time on Easter today with their families. Y'all deserve it. Yes, y'all definitely deserve it. So yes. Now that I've got that out the way, I think what I'll do now is go ahead and wrap this episode up because it's already an hour and some change, and y'all know I don't do really long episodes. So I want y'all to take a little bit more、uh, minutes out of your time and listen to this interview from Charles Hudson Joyner. Make sure you go out and grab her book. And、uh, get on her website, and let me see if I have the book handy so I can tell y'all the website. One moment, hold on.
Now I gotta be real ghetto and put y'all on hold. Hold on. All right, I'm back. So, yes, the book is called The Pain, the Problems, and the Promises of God. I will begin reading this book this week and let y'all know my own personal input about it. And you can get a hold to her. I'm looking to see. One moment. I could have sworn that she had her non-proper organization and stuff in here. Well, anyways... Go ahead and follow her on Facebook, and that's Charleston Joyner Hudson. You could search her on Facebook, probably Google her name, and check out um, all of the things that come with her. Shout-outs to her. That's my kinfolk, y'all. My kinfolk, skinfolk. And uh, she had an amazing story to tell the world, and, man, her book is pretty dope from what I hear. So I'm actually going to be reading it this week. It ain't going to take me long to read it. I usually finish books probably about mm, one day if they're real good and juicy. So, and I think that this one will be real good and juicy. So I'll get back with y'all later on in the week and let y'all know about what I thought about this book. So, yes, y'all sit tight and enjoy the interview. What's up, y'all? Today you'll be listening to the Queen Quaymo podcast. All right, y'all. As promised, I promised y'all that I was going to give y'all this dope interview. Got a special guest coming to the podcast station today. My kinfolk, skinfolk. I want you guys to really listen up when she's speaking. She has a lot of knowledge that she can share with not just us listening, but to the world. So uh, welcome, Miss Charleston Hudson Joyner. How are you today? I am wonderful. I am wonderful, and I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. and honored. Well, thank you. To be on the line with you. No, I'm grateful you're on the line with me. I really appreciate you taking time out your busy, busy schedule to come talk to me in the audience about your story. Amen. Yes. Okay. So, I hear that you have a book. Can you please tell the listeners a little bit about what the title of your book is and what it entitles? The title of my book is The Pain, The Problem, and then The Promises of God. I can sum that up as just the girl from the hood to the pages, which is my book, to the stage, which is my upcoming stage play. A little bit of history behind that is... Born and raised in the Ida B. Wells. Love my stumping ground. Love my roots. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that transpired there for me. Mm-hmm. Growth, hurt, pain, problems, but then the promises. Yeah. You know, as a young girl, um, unattended, both of my parents were drug addicted. Um, my biological mom and so was my dad and so you know my grandmother bless her heart my maternal grandmother she um took all of my mother's children and raised us and I'm forever grateful because we could have been in the system split up and not known who we were or who each other were but by the grace of God she found it in her heart to take her youngest daughter's children and keep us under one roof together and raise us. However, with that, still came some mishaps for me. I can only speak for me. Came some mishaps for me. Hooked up with the wrong crowd, by choice, and um, started shoplifting by choice. And I'm good at it. Not glorifying sin, but just letting you know this is my upbringing. Um, shoplift for 13 years, Mm -hmm. 
from that, got high quite a bit, slept around quite a bit. I was a sophisticated hoe, you know, and for those who don't know what that means, it means I linked up with the right ones that will give me the right things that I needed and wanted at that particular time. Mm -hmm. And so I was a sophisticated hoe. Um, but in the midst, in the interim of all of that, at the tender age of 10, um, a young man who had many problems of his own saw me walking one late night by myself and um, befriended me, and I trusted him a little bit. And um, in that trust, I was violated, raped, and um, told that from that point on, I was going to be his girlfriend. And if not, what was going to happen to my brother? And anybody that knows Charles Steen Joyner know that my brother and my sister, my baby brother and my baby sister, those were kind of like my own children. And they were my pride and joy. Mm -hmm. I would do anything to cover and keep them safe. And so when I heard that, of course, I didn't think about me. I didn't think about the violation he had just um, pressed upon me with taking sex from me, none of that mattered. All that mattered was that my brother stayed safe yeah. and out of harm's way. So um, I became his girlfriend. And uh, there was so much domestic violence situations, my God, even at a very early age, from the age of 10 to maybe 16, 17. Um, whenever he thought about jumping on me, beating me up, blacking my eyes, busting my mouth, busting my head, whatever. He did just that. Mm -hmm. um, he pretty much controlled my thought, my talk pattern, my thinking process, everything. And I allowed him to think that he was controlling that because I was so much more smarter, intelligent, and motivated than he was. But as I stated, I would do anything to protect my brother. A mm -hmm. lot of times we do things not for ourselves, but for others. And so that birthed my book. I knew at the age of 16 that um, I was going to leave that place someday mm -hmm. and that I was going to return, not for myself, but for someone else, come back to help others. And so in the midst of that, um, I didn't get that transitional housing and that community center that I wanted to come back and build in the heart of the hood because the Ida B. Wells and the Daryl homes were torn down. Now, for, I, for those listening, can you sorry. explain where Ida B. Wells and uh, the other properties where you mentioned is located? 39th, 35th to 39th and King Drive. Okay. And my mom, my biological mom, lived in the Daryl Home Housing Projects, mm -hmm. which were the four red tall buildings on 38th and 39th. Now, this and is Chicago, the right? I'm sorry. This is this is Chicago, right? Amen. Yes. yes. Okay. Chicago, Illinois. And my grandmother lived in the Ida B. Wells, which was not too far from my mom's house at all. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear me interchangeably call my grandmother my mom, that's because she is, because that's who raised me. And when I'm talking about my biological mother, that's what I would call her, my biological mom. Okay. Got you. And so, like I said, that's what birthed the book. That's where all of that came from. I always love to journal, write things down and write my thoughts down. And one day it, it just came to me that everything that I had been writing down had been written down with a purpose yes. and with a plan. And that plan was to put this into a book form and share my testimony with the world to help others. Absolutely. I love that. Now, a couple of questions I want to ask you about that. Um, how long, uh, about how long did it take you to um, complete and start to, from start to finish to get your book uh, out to the people? Wow. Well, this time around, it didn't take long, but I'll back it up a little bit for you. When I first wrote the book, um, I wrote it in my teens. I was a young girl, 17, 18, 19 finished the book by the time I was 19 because I would do bits and pieces here and there. Mm -hmm. And um, 
But when I finally finished writing, I wrote it all out, kept it in the cabinet because, of course, I didn't know the resources. I didn't know the next step to take to now turn it into a book formation. I knew that I wanted it to become a book, but I didn't know how to connect with the right people to get it to become a book. Mm -hmm. So I kept it in a safe place. At that time, I had my own apartment on 103rd and King Drive doing grown girl things, you know, working (laughs) downtown now. I was done with my jail life. I was done with my problem teen life and getting high. I was done with all of that. And by the grace of God, I had gotten a job. And downtown Chicago in the federal building. Do you hear me? Oh, good. A girl for you. from the hood who had gone to jail, who had been in the Audi home, who had a probation officer. Now here I am working in Chicago's federal building, That's the Durkin building. Um, so I'm in the building working and going home to 109th and, you know, doing big girl grown up things and um, kept my. It was those five-page tablets and kept that really sacred Um, and got married and got married at the age of 24. And um, he knew my background. I knew his background and we were still okay with that. Mm -hmm. Well, lo and behold, one day I go to church and um, he didn't agree with my background anymore. He didn't agree with me going to church. He didn't agree with the things I wanted to write on paper. So he decided to take that tablet and throw it in the fireplace and burn it. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, talk about devastation. Yeah, that was devastation. (laughs) We would have been scrapping, period. Yeah. So that was very tragic. So needless to say, um, it made me second guess myself. It made me wonder, okay, is this what I'm really supposed to do? Well, you know, he said, why would I expose myself like this? And people will look at me differently. So why do I want to expose this kind of information to the world? Tell people I was a sophisticated hoe. Here I am, a married woman now. So why would I want to share that kind of information? But here's a key word in that, was. Mm -hmm. I was that. And so because he didn't understand that key word, was, um, he wanted to erase my memory, not his, because that was my story. And so I had writer's block for a while. I felt like, okay, well, maybe I'm not supposed to release that kind of information. Maybe I am a conservative, you know, working girl now, legit working girl now. Um, so I don't want people to look at me differently. The devil is a lie. Mm. That thing kept burning on the inside of my soul because that was something that I was supposed to do. There was purpose in writing that book. Someone, if it just reached one person that made a difference, a world of a difference, then my assignment was complete. And so it was burning on the inside of me that I still needed to get this book done. But of course, I allow fear. I allowed embarrassment, I allowed shame, and I allowed the opinions of others to almost talk me out of my blessing to do what God has called me to do by stepping forward and telling my story, Mm. my story, not anybody else's story, but Charles C. Monique Joyner's story. And so, I'm sorry, what was that? No, I was agreeing with you. I'm happy that you continue to write the book even after all of that you went through the first time trying to get the book out. That's yes, crazy. Yes. Yes. And so the second time around, um, like I said, I had writer's block for many years. <laughs> so the second time around, which was two years ago, mm-hmm. I'm sitting at my work desk at home, um, my home office, and I'm sitting there doing church work on the computer. And God really just touched my heart and told me this was the time. And uh, I kept saying, well, Lord, you know, I'm working at this prestigious company right now. And I don't want them to know my background because I don't want to lose my job. And God said, have I not been so good to you all these years? Have I not been your source? Not my resource. The job is your resource. Have I not been your source all these years? Trust me, I got you. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, I started writing again. And once I started writing, I could not stop. 
I want to say I typed that book on the computer while I was doing church work. I would click on over to my other screen and start back typing on my book, click on over and do some more church work, click on over and start back writing my book, click over. And so before I knew it, I had written that book within a matter of two months. Wow. How about timing is everything? Because had that book been released when I felt it should have been released, the healing, the deliverance, and my freedom walk would not have taken place the way that it had when I did mm-hmm. get the book finished this time around. Mm-hmm. So I just believe in the timing of God. Although I was devastated when he took my story and burned it, it wasn't the right time to release that because I was able to tell my story this time around from a healing place from a place of deliverance and a place of freedom. Mm -hmm. I was set free. So I was more free to share, openly share my testimony without being bound, without being embarrassed, without caring about what people thought, what people may say, how they may look at me today. I don't care about that. All that matters to me is what God has commanded me to do and who God say I am today. And so it was easier to write this book and to release it this time around. Um, and so I connected with the right people um, that steered me in the right direction in getting the book published. And I must give my daughter some credit right here, because even when I wrote the book, there were still obstacles. The enemy was angry. I'm just going to be real about it. He was real angry and didn't want this book to go forth. But God said it must go forth. And so at the time that I finally finished the book, I'm like, now, Lord, I'm done. But I don't even have the money to get it published now. Mm-hmm. My bank account was over $500 in the red, in the negative. You hear me? Mm-hmm. In the negative. And I'm like, Lord, I've done what you've asked me to do. I have absolutely no way to get this book published. You know, I've written it. I've even had the cover page and the back page designed for free. My marketing guy, who is my marketing guru for my outreach organization, he had done the design of the cover page, running back mm-hmm. for free. Wow. So that wasn't the hold up. But now here's another holdup trying to hinder me. No money. My account is in the red. Well, my daughter came to me and she was like, Mom, you've been saying for years that your book is coming. I'm giving you the money to get this book published because it must be published. Wow. And that's how the book got published. Wow. that That is so good. Because now that the book is published, you've seen a lot of uh, blessings come your way because of this book. My God, Jesus. Yes. Um, you know, um, I, I take absolutely no glory from it. I was just a vessel being used, and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be deep. I'm not trying to be deep, spooky, and wondrous. I'm just being honest and real about this thing. Absolutely. Um, it's all because of the grace of God that rested on my life. Yeah. That book, I tell you, I had a book signing March 4th mm-hmm. of 2017. I had not even received my books yet. And I still went forward and had my book signing anyway. Mm-hmm. I had my bookmarks. I had my business cards. I had everything set, but I did not have my books. But because these people saw enough God in me, to trust me anyway, I sold, I literally sold 134 books that day without having one book present. Wow. Today, which is March 20th of 2018, I have sold over 252 copies of that book. To God be the glory. I tell you, I'm forever grateful. That book has sold in 11 states now, and it has sold in one other country, Trinidad. Amen. By the grace of God. By the true grace of God. 
Yeah, I can't wait to get my book. I am excited to read it, and I'm very, very excited for the play. So can you kind of tell the audience a little bit how that came into place, you getting um, your book turned into a play? Yes. Okay. Um, that's a little difficult. Well, not <laughs> difficult, but it's a little unique. Yeah. That, that was very unique to me. Um, you know, God is so gracious. I, I, I just, I'm sorry. This is who I am. I, I'm just real down to earth, for real, for real, for real, for real. But God is the center. He's the core of my life. I tell you, mm-hmm. I've been. When you've been through enough hell and enough turmoil and a whole bunch of trials and tribulations, honey, you come to find out who's real. Mm-hmm. And I found out that the Lord Jesus Christ, He's so real. Oh my God! Let me tell you, I did that book signing. And my cousin said to me, she had been saying to me for a while, but I had not been listening to her. She said to me, she calls me Chuck. A lot of people still call me Chucky. That that was my little game banging days and my little hood name, Charlie and Chuck. And those <laughs> are also derivatives from Charles. So my name is Charlene. But she calls me Chuck. And she was like, Chuck, please don't forget about those of us who did not get out of the hood. Some of us still cannot read. Some of us still cannot write. And, you know, that is one of my things that I've always vowed. I will never forget where I came from. I won't stay stuck there, but I will forget. And when she said that thing to me, I was like, my God, Lord, please let me not ever forget anybody. I want this book to be so simple that even a 10-year-old, can pick this book up and read it and understand it. And so when she said that thing, I um, thought about that and I really took it to heart. And she was like, you need to put it in audio and video for those of us that want to support you, but we're not going to buy a book because we'll never read a book. Right. But we'll buy it in audio form or we'll buy it in video form, but we're not going to read a book. Right. And so, like I said, I took that thing to heart and, um, Again, that's where I get my greatest revelations, sitting at my computer. I'm in my home office, sitting at the computer, doing some work, and uh, God dropped that thing in my spirit to do a play. Here, yet again, no experience, never wanted to write a play, never had interest in writing a play, never desired to write a play. I heard that thing, and I, I, I thought it was funny. You know, I felt like Sarah when God told her she was going to have a child and her old age, she laughed. Yeah. So I kind of felt like that. I'm like, Lord, now you know. You know, I really don't have any experience in that area. I don't know how to write a book. I mean, I don't know how to write a play. I've never written a play. I've never even had a desire to write a play. So I heard him, but I didn't hear him. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust him enough to believe that he'll give me everything that I needed to carry out yet another assignment. And so I didn't do anything with that for a while. One night I'm sleeping and God shows me a vision in a dream. He deals with me in objects and he showed me a connection that I was going to have, some networking connections with people like Tyler Perry, that I wasn't going to be Tyler Perry because there is nobody like him but him but that I was going to have some connections like that. Mm-hmm. And he started showing me this big production of people in an auditorium. Mm-hmm. And um, I woke up and I shared that dream with my daughter. And because uh, my daughter is my ride or die. She's my 25-year-old. Her name is Monet Joyner. Nobody's like her. But <laughs> she has a cousin like her. But um, that's a different story. <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> But um, I I shared it with my daughter. She's my little ride or die, my mini-me. And I told her the dream that I had. And she thought it was so flippant, whatever that big word is. She thought it was superb. Mom, you need to listen. And I'm like, girl, you know, I've never written a play. I've never even had a desire. I've never even played a part in a play. That's (laughs) how much away from plays I am. Well, needless to say. Needless to say, God wanted me to take that book, that very same book that people want to support and want to read but can't read and turn it into life through 
play format. So the book and the play goes interchangeably with each other. The play is bringing the book to life. Yes. The book has brought my life to life, but the play is bringing the book of my life to life. And so that is um, scheduled to go on stages here in Chicago, Illinois, June 9th of 2018. And I'm so excited. I have every emotion that is imaginable going on right about now. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm excited. I'm grateful. I'm humble. All of that in one because I trust God. And I know that he has not brought me this far to leave me now. And if he said do it, it's already done. It's a done deal. So I'm just walking by faith and believing him that it'll touch and it'll reach all those that it's supposed to touch in Jesus' name. Absolutely. Amen. I definitely will be at the play. So for the people who are listening who want to come to the play, where can we purchase tickets? I can't even talk. Tickets. I have a website. Um, Oh, let me back up. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you anything about my outreach organization. Yes. Well, I was getting to that next. (laughs) But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'll give you the website. That was the question. Let me stick to the question. No, you're okay. My website is www.joy, J-O-Y, of memorable, M-E-M-O-R-A-B-L-E, creations, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S, dot com. That's www.joyofmemorablecreations.com. There is a form there that you can fill out and say, if A, you're purchasing a book, that comes directly to my phone. And I would immediately put you a book in the mail, and you can pay me by PayPal, Chase Cash, uh, Chase Quick Pay, or Cash App. Okay. Um, all of that information will be on my website as well. And then for the play, we are uploading that this week. Absolutely. Um, the That's tickets what's up. and the location, all of that will be uploaded this week. Yes, I'm I'm definitely coming to the play. I'm very excited to come to the play. Um, Thank you. It, I, I've been hearing good things about the book, so I can't wait to get mine in the mail. And I definitely yes. will do what I can to support you um, with everything that you're doing as much as I possibly can because you are helping a lot of people by telling your story. Thank you. Thank you. So, Thank you. So I definitely... Uh, want to hear a little bit more about your organization that you run as well. So tell the audience a little bit more about uh, your your outreach program. Okay. I also have an outreach organization, which is called Joy of Memorable Creation. Uh-huh. And that name came again from my daughter. We were sitting at the table brainstorming on what names we were going to use. Joy is my sister-in-love's name, Donna Joy. And um, I knew for a fact that I wanted to use Joy because it's also the beginning of our last name, Joyner, J-O-Y. So um, we were bouncing Joy around quite a bit because for me, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So we bounced that around quite a bit. And uh, my daughter said, well, we're going to take our initials because we have the exact same initials, CMJ. We're going to take our initials and turn them backwards. So instead of CMJ, it'll be JMC. I'm like, okay, that's smart. That's slick. I right. like that. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I was going to use Joy, and she's a creative mind. So she was like, okay, how about Joy of Memorable Creations? That's CM. I'm sorry, that's Mm J-M-C. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. That sounds good. And we we thought about it, and I sent it over to my marketing media guy. I needed him to research and see if there was another organization out there with the same name and if I can have that name patented and my logo patented and all of that good stuff. And so once he verified and checked all of that out, it was good for me to go ahead and use that name. And so that's where the name came from. It's part of my last name, part of my sister's name, which is Donna Joy. So it was real easy. And plus, like I said, one of my most favorite scriptures is the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
Mm-hmm. So that made it really easy to flow with. Now, the organization itself was derived by me losing so many of my loved ones to cancer. Yeah. <sighs> um, wow. You know, I lost one of my best friends, my older sister, one of my older sisters. She meant the world to me. Her life wasn't perfect. None of ours are. But she taught me survival skills. Loved me unconditionally, even when we did not know how to love. Protected me the best she knew how. I was given the opportunity to go to Los Angeles, California, where she lived for 17 years. Her oncologist called me and said she had X amount of time to live and that I needed to get there real quick. Both our parents, we have the same mom and the same dad, and both are deceased, were deceased, so they called me because she gave them my name as next in Kenya, and um, they called me and told me I needed to get there because she didn't have much longer to live. And um, I dreadfully went because who wants to go and see a loved one die? Yes. And not only did I dreadfully go, I didn't have the money to go right away. And so I kept saying, well, sis, I'm coming, I'm coming. And she was like, baby, she called me, baby, baby, you don't have any time to wait. I need you to get here. We'll buy your ticket because I need you here. And I was like, no, I'm coming. Well, that next day. They bought my ticket to get there. No more excuses. I had to get there. I get to Los Angeles, California. Had not seen my sister for over 17 years. Talked to her on a regular on the phone. We always made plans about coming to see each other and spending time with each other. We reminisced our past, laughed, and cried on the phone often, but we had not seen each other physically for 17 years. I tell you, time waits for no one. If you have time to spend time with your loved one, not even if, make time. Make time because time waits for no one. Well, like I said, I get to California and um, now at this point, my sister is in a wheelchair and her skin had turned like five shades darker than I had ever seen her in life. And um, it it, it really kind of scared me. But at the same time, I was very grateful that God chose me to go spend time with her doing her last mm-hmm. moments on this earth. And um, I often wondered, because I had cancer 14, 13 years ago, almost 14 years ago, ovarian cancer. And um, I often wondered, I said, Lord, you know, she was born um, handicapped, and now this cancer has afflicted her body. I, I would have loved to trade places with her. You know, mm-hmm. I've lived life. I've enjoyed life a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to trade places with her. But needless to say, God had a different assignment for my life. And I have to accept it for what it is. And just be grateful for the time that I got to spend with her. And um, she kept telling me, baby, you need to get this book out. I want to read the book before I leave this earth. And I kept telling her, I'm going to get the book out, but we're also going to start a cancer um, campaign uh, for me and her. And I said, you know, um, just watching what cancer is doing to your body makes me want to highly educate people, period, across the globe. Um because there are things I'm learning with you and your cancer. She had pancreas cancer mm-hmm. um, that spread it rapidly throughout her body. She didn't stand a chance. And um, it, it gave me such an urgency to want to inform our people and to do health. Um, I do lots of um, health fairs to bring in professionals um, in the medical field to come out and share different things that we can do. I bring in nutritionists and I bring in doctors and I bring in American Cancer Society and St. Jude to come out and talk about those that um, either A, have cancer, B, have had cancer and they are survivors, or C, have 
had loved ones to pass on yeah. from this disease. Um, and so because of that, because I watched my sister, and because I give God all the praise for allowing me to be her voice piece, because I could have died with it just as well as she did, but God left me here for a reason. And so because of that, I am her mouthpiece through our organization, which again is called Joy of Memorable Creation. And we do quarterly cancer awareness fundraisers to raise money to continue to do this research for a cure, which I believe already exists, but I'm gonna still say that we're no raising question. money to find a cure question about cancer mm -hmm. so tell us some of the things that you've learned about cancer that could probably help the audience because it's it's a lot of things that people don't really know about cancer we just know that it kills people oh wow yeah you're right about that <laughs> there's so many things to learn about cancer um to know about cancer actually one thing that stays in the forefront of my mind forever is that, you know, when you hear the word cancer, you automatically assume that you're going to die. Mm -hmm. That's not true. I am a living testament that not all patients or not all people who have been hit with this illness die. Right. Um, I had a will to live. And, and so because of that, I changed my eating Um changed how I was polluting my body because a lot of times it's what we're polluting our bodies with. Not all the time. Here's yeah. another fun fact about cancer. Cancer is also um, hereditary. Some cancers, not all. Some cancers are hereditary. They're passed down through the bloodline. Mm. I see. I never knew that. Yeah, that was a very fact that I learned and I, an interesting fact because I didn't know either. I did not know that some cancers are passed down hereditary cancer. Um, and then there are some cancers that um, form in our bodies. They form for, for various reasons. It's our blood cells attacking one another. Yeah. And um, so I learned those facts. So come out to some of my... Um, cancer awareness events and you'll learn all sorts of facts about cancer and some of the things that we can do as people to protect our immune system yeah. um, and to um, restore our immune system by eating healthy, um, by getting rest. You know, mm -hmm. if our bodies are always fatigued, that um, shuts down our immune system as well. We got to get the proper rest, the proper intake of, of water, um, vitamins, natural herbs. You know, when God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eve, there were vegetables and fruit. Yeah, we you know? never and ate so before a lot the of flood us anyway. Stray away from that. Yeah. It's important to eat that, eat properly, eat healthy. Um, that builds and strengthens your immune system. Get rest and exercise. No question. Know? So come out. I'm sorry. Oh, question. Uh, what mm -hmm. what food do you think highly is linked to cancer? Do you have a specific food that could be linked and associated with cancer more than any other food group? I would have to go upstairs to some of my notes for that question. Oh, okay. Um, but one thing that I do know that is very healthy for cancer is um, broccoli, the green veggies. Mm -hmm. A lot of the green vegetables are very healthy for your immune system. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> um, garlic is very healthy mm -hmm. for your system. Mushrooms is very healthy. Tons of the green foods are very, very healthy for your immune system. Um, to be honest, to date, I don't know what foods, but they do say a lot of processed yeah. foods, like canned goods and boxed food and things like that. A lot of processed food is not good. It's not healthy at all for your immune system. So if we can, stay away from processed food. Okay. Well, uh, when is your next upcoming event for cancer awareness? My next cancer awareness would be the breast ca breast cancer awareness, which is in October. Okay. We always try to salute that one. Um, we also do September, which is childhood cancer. Here's another fact about cancer. Some children are born with cancer. Yeah. And that's another factor of hereditary or bloodline um 
passing through because a mom can have cancer and pass that down through her unborn child. Um, and those are some facts that when St. Jude, we're partnered with St. Jude and because they operate solely off donations. So please, please, please support the cause and give a donation to St. Jude. If you don't ever make it out to any of Joy of Memorable Creation events, um, please do place it in your heart. A dollar a day or whatever you can give would be a blessing, will help um, save someone's life or um, add on um, a healthier lifestyle for someone because it allows them to get the medication or the nutrition that they need to empower and strengthen their immune system. So I highly, highly encourage everyone to support St. Jude Children Research Hospital because they're doing great things there. They have children that are born with cancers from the age of newborn on up to 18 are the age ranges that they service. And like I said, Joy of Memorable Creation is partnered with them. So we raise money to be a blessing to them as well. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so, so much for allowing me to interview today. I appreciate you. And one more time for the audience, say your your website one more time so they can make sure they purchase your book and purchase your um, tickets for the upcoming play. Okay. That website is www.joy, J-O-Y of O-F, memorable, M-E-M-O-R-A-B-L-E, creations, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S, Com, joyofmemorablecreations.com. You can also email me at joyofmemorablecreation at gmail.com. And I'll also give you the business phone number that's 847-466-7571. Again, 847-466-7571. We can be reached by all avenues. And I am on Facebook as well, Charlesine Monique, um, C-H-A-R-L-E-S-T-I-N-E, Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. I'm on Facebook. There is a Facebook page for the outreach organization. Again, that is Joy of Memorable Creations um, at gmail.com. That is the Facebook page as well. So there's many ways that you can contact us. We're looking forward to hearing from you and partnering with you and just um, educating, encouraging, and empowering you with the knowledge and the resources that we have to offer. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you so much for coming on the show today. You're so very welcome. And that song that was in the background, Shine Bright Like a Diamond, that's my theme song, I want you to know. That reminds me of my life, how God took me from the dirt. I was just an ugly cold. When people looked at me, they saw me unpolished, just thought that I would never amount to anything. But by the time the father got done dusting me off, putting me through the refiner's fire, I came out sparkling, pure as gold. And again, I give all glory to God, but that's my theme song. I had to let you know that. Shout out to Rihanna. Shout out to bad girl Riri. Go Riri. Go Riri. (laughs) Well, thank y'all for tuning in. We'll be keeping on rocking right here on the Queen Quaymo podcast.